We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Prime Points show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, joined by my good friends over uh, from Fantasy Points. Uh, we got Drake Tribby, we got Graham Barfield. Uh, a little pre show, uh, me flying around the house trying to find a pair of headphones that would work, but uh, I managed to find them. Happy to be on the show. We did the show last week, all three of us made it. I wasn't breaking the streak of one in a row, guys. Uh, Jake, what's going on, dude? Uh, not much, man. Yeah. Glad we could, uh, work through the, the technical difficulties, get all three of us on here for, uh, for another great show. I think we have a slightly better slate than last week, so I'm excited to talk about it. It's a smidge better. It's, it's a smidge better, but not too, too much better. The Island games are awful this week though. Good Lord. Uh, I'm yeah. kind of glad we don't have to deal with Jets Raiders. Uh, I'm glad that game's still on Sunday night. <laughs> hey, and the, the Raiders look like a pretty good bet. If you ask me, we'll talk about I, it's, it's part yeah. of, and anytime you can short, Sam Darnold, or not Sam Darnold, uh, Zach Wilson. I'm I'm all in. That offense is absolutely pathetic, and I think even the Raiders might be able to get it done. But uh, yeah, Graham, what's going on? Uh, lots to talk about. Lots of changes. I think. Uh, I think we're losing some of the running backs we've been playing. A couple other big things. What's uh What's going on for you? Yeah, yeah, fun, uh, fun week. I'm with you guys. I think it's a little bit better, but not too too much better. At the very least, we have McCaffrey and Eckler back uh, at running back. Uh, yeah, should be a fun week. Should be a fun show. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into this because there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, I, I basically always want to start with some of our biggest takeaways. And I just sort of mentioned uh, a couple of mine. Uh, we're losing a couple running backs, uh, I think, that we've been wanting to play this year. And the first off is Alvin Kamara at his current price tag. Uh, basically, what, unplayable 8,300 this week on, on DraftKings. And we finally saw... Uh, Jamal Williams come in. Uh, he played, Williams played 42% of the snaps where Kamara only played 50%. Prior to that, Kamara had been playing at a 70% clip over the course of the season. 
you've got all this Taysom Hill nonsense eating away the touchdowns. And that looks like it's not, it's not going away. It's just increasing because I mean, Taysom Hill has been extremely, extremely effective when he's been touching the ball. It's really hard to, to see them moving away from that. So just sort of sad to see Alvin Kamara, uh, even if he was like 7,000, I think is pretty much would be unplayable. Definitely at the 8,300. Uh, and then we've got the Lions coming in. And, and we know the David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. We were able to play David Montgomery, especially when we think he was going to get all the rushing touchdowns. And now there's the coach speak. And I think Dan Campbell's been pretty good with the coach speak, other than what was it, week one or two? He was like, oh, we, we're going to, Jameer Gibbs is going to be used in ways you're not expecting. And by that, he meant not at all for like the first couple of games. Uh, but uh, it seems like with Gibbs showing out while Montgomery, uh, was out with injury. Maybe that becomes a little more muddled. I think we can still expect David Montgomery to be in there for scoring the touchdowns, but maybe a little less work overall. So just a changing landscape. You've got McCaffrey, but Jake, you know, I read Jake's article over on Fantasy Points. That's a pretty tough matchup for Christian McCaffrey, but I don't know. Does that matter? Uh, the mid tier is is probably where you might want to do most of your looking at for running backs. But I just wanted to touch on uh, the fact we're losing some of our uh, you know, Kamara for two or three or four weeks has been great. Just not really think we're going to be able to use him too much going forward. Uh, Jake, what's a, a couple of your takeaways? Yeah. So, I mean, my biggest one by far is that the Texans are going to lean into the pass moving forward. We saw CJ Stroud throw for 470 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions in week nine. That was against a major pass funnel in Tampa Bay. Houston's head coach, D'Amico Ryan, said they're going to keep throwing the ball as long as the run game remains inefficient. This is a very zone-heavy run scheme. Damian Pierce, Graham, I think you pointed this out last week, is averaging just over two yards per carry on zone rushes. Devin Singletary hasn't been much better. And for week 10, I mean, things look great for this Houston passing attack. Cincinnati is a bottom eight schedule-adjusted matchup for opposing running backs on the ground, and they've given up the seventh highest defensive pass rate over expectation. So they're another pass funnel. I think Houston's finally figured out what they have in CJ Stroud, and they're really going to start leaning into it. Another guy I wanted to mention very quickly, just to keep an eye on, Keaton Mitchell, I think, is going to be um, you know, somebody who sticks around in this, this Baltimore backfield. Harbaugh hinted that it's going to be more of a committee. 138 rushing yards and a touchdown on just nine attempts. I mean, Baltimore running backs have always been hyper-efficient with Lamar Jackson. And if Mitchell can, you know, slowly carve himself out or hopefully quickly carve himself out a, a bigger role in this backfield, he could be, you know, a real force down the stretch in fantasy. But obviously we'll have to, you know, hope he breaks out of the committee. Yeah, going to have to, not not just a committee, but a possible three-way committee. And then yeah. also has the Browns on tap this week. So pretty this much wait and, <laughs> wait and see on Mitchell. Kind of sad because Gus Edwards has been falling into the end zone and that plays in fantasy when you're able to do that. Uh, but uh, just another muddied running back situation, sort of what I was talking about uh, at the top. Uh, Graham, what are a couple of your key takeaways uh, over the past couple of weeks here in the NFL? Yeah, a couple of backfields that are getting muddier here. Seattle, uh, Ken Walker looked like he was running away with this backfield, had two of his highest snap shares in you know, his uh, two past games. In the last two weeks, Zach Charbonnet has played a lot more. I thought it was a, a little interesting in, in week eight, uh, Walker had a calf injury. And I thought there was a chance that Charbonnet played more just because Walker was hurt. Uh, this past week, they obviously got just absolutely dusted by the Ravens, but Charbonnet once again played a lot more. Uh, Walker's rushing share has seemed to drop a little bit, so maybe there's something sticky there to Charbonnet playing a little bit more. Real quick, on the Dallas side, they're starting to finally throw a lot more. To start the season, uh, they went with a, a negative pass rate over expectation in all three games. Tony Pollard was just you know getting slammed in between the tackles. Uh, they finally have started to figure it out. Last five games, Dallas is passing at nearly a 6% clip above expectation. It's the seventh highest rate in the NFL. And in fact, they're only uh, they're fourth in pass rate in neutral expectations, tied with the Bills at 62%. Um, so going down the stretch here, you know, Dak is still somebody I, I think we we should be attacking in DFS, just like we we were last week. Jake, you were all over. You you said Dak was one of the best uh, plays on the slate at quarterback, and you're right, you nailed it. Uh, at, you know, especially at even at his uh, his advanced cost. So now he's 6,700. He's right below Joe Burrow. I think we're all going to be on Joe Burrow stacks, uh, but I I think you know Dallas and Dak. Um, you know, at least for this week, uh, maybe the Giants are going to be able to keep pace, you know, they have an 11, 11 point implied total. Uh, but going down the stretch, I, I, I'm going to be in on Dak and, uh, you know, not just CeeDee Lamb, but I think Jake Ferguson and, and really just the Dallas passing offense in general. That 11, is that Insane. has to be the lowest team total. In like I was going to ask you, NFL I was going to ask you, I think I that's have, the lowest I've seen. 
That has I to could go crazy. back and look at my database, but I, I think it's the lowest I've seen. Yeah, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, uh, I wonder what it is to, for them to get shut out. It's probably not even like that big of a plus one. It's probably like plus like five or six hundred or something. It's yeah, like not something I'd want to bet, but it just yeah. seems like that's a uh, an absolutely ridiculously low number. Which is granted, giving that there's literally nothing left in the New York Giants offense currently. I feel so bad for Saquon Barkley, man. I mean, that guy just he got paid, so man. much more. <laughs> he got paid. I I do not feel sad for that man. So uh, fair, fair he, enough. He did, he did get he, paid. He did get paid. He did what he needed to do. Uh, all right. So there's a couple of takeaways. Uh, let's take a couple of stands. I'll start with mine. And if you listened last week, my stand it worked out pretty good. Why would we veer off the same team that we played last week in the stand segment? A team uh, that is just, uh, I don't understand the line that the books have out on this one. There's one team that's so clearly better than the other, specifically on offense. And it's its not a pick them, but it's a, a very close spread, very close money line bet. And I think we're going to have a landslide victory again for the same team that I used last week. So we'll get to that in the betting segment. Uh, Graham, what are you looking at for a stand this week? Sure. Yeah. So it's early in the week, Tuesday night, uh, but there's one total that I'm looking to hit and over on. We were typically not betting game total overs this season, just with uh, offensive scoring being down, defensive uh, performance being up. Uh, But there's one total that's way, way too low, in my opinion. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit later in the show. Uh, My over last week was the uh, Tampa Bay Houston game. I think I think that game. I think that worked. Let's keep that rolling. Hopefully you can pick that up. Uh, Jake, what are you looking at as far as a stand? Yeah, so, you know, obviously we're going to want to stack this Houston-Cincinnati game. There's a ton of great plays, a wide receiver. You can make a case that both of these quarterbacks are fantastic DFS plays. But I think my favorite play in this game actually isn't a wide receiver. It's a it's a tight end, and we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. All right, so let's talk real quick uh, about the Sim Labs beta that we have going on over here. The Sims have come to Roto-Grinders. There's a beta version of the new NFL lineup building tool. Uh, you can check that for a limited time. It's free. It's a brand new product that generates DFS lineups through the power of simulation. It combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. And in just a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built, correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest you're playing. Check out the link in our description for more info. Uh, you can also go to the Roto-Grinders Discord. Uh, there's a Sim Labs beta. It's free to join the Discord. It's free to join the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. Get with the Sims. Still free. Uh, and a really fun tool to play around with, and it makes uh, some very good lineups as well. You can mess around with correlation, field size, all that other fun stuff. Uh, I've used it personally, uh, a great tool developed uh, by the Roto-Grinders and Fantasy Labs combination. Uh, okay, let's talk some DFS. Uh, we like sports bets. We like stands. But this is still, you know, we're at Roto-Grinders. It's still mainly a, a DFS site. What are we doing out here in the streets this week? Jake, I always like to go to you first because you take the the early look article over at Fantasy Points. Uh, Graham mentioned we're all going to be making Joe Burrow stacks, right? So I think Joe Burrow is good. CJ Stroud, how do you, you, I think you're pretty strong on wanting to play him too. Do you have anything specific for that game? Maybe coverage wise, scheme wise, maybe we can talk about that game. Graham, maybe we can talk about generally what we might think about the Dallas players too, because this is, I think this is like the biggest spread, one of the the biggest mismatches I've seen. What can we gleam out of that matchup? But Jake, let's go first to you. Let's talk this Cincinnati-Houston game. What is it, a a seven-point spread right now in Cincinnati's favor? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking through, um, you know, totals this week, not a great week in terms of scoring, but, you know, this game and the uh, the Detroit uh, Chargers game, look to be by far the two best in terms of the, you know, the total for, you know, for this contest, Joe Mixon stands out as pretty clearly underpriced. 6,200 is actually the third cheapest he's been since the start of the 2021 season. I think you're going to want to go pretty heavy on, on game stacks overall here. Uh, you know, you, you asked about matchups. Nico Collins has a pretty strong schematic matchup. We're going to talk about that a little bit later when we get to some of these tools. Um, but Talton Schultz, actually has an incredible matchup. He's averaged 8.3 targets per game, 65 receiving yards per game, and 16.7 DraftKings fantasy points per game over the last month. All those marks are ranked first or second among tight ends over the full season. Cincinnati is the single softest schedule-adjusted matchup for opposing tight ends. And Schultz has pretty underrated touchdown upside. He has eight end zone targets, which is by far the most by any tight end. And it's actually as many as Travis Kelsey and George Kittle 
combined. Um, so, you know, you combine the best possible matchup with excellent volume. I mean, he's seeing, you know, high end tight end one volume as of late uh, in what I think is probably going to be a shootout. Dalton Schultz looks like a great play. Um, and one of the nice things about his price range, I, I would imagine he gets steamed. If you think he's going to be too chalky, TJ Hawkinson, who is dealing with a ribs injury and, and you know, may end up being questionable for this game. Um, his volume with Joshua Dobbs under center was fantastic. You look at uh, Josh Dobbs came in right at the start of the second quarter. You look at second, third, fourth quarter on a per four quarters basis. Hawkinson actually had the third best tight end workload uh, by any tight end in any game this season. Um, so yeah, Hawkinson, I think could be a little underrated if we assume Dalton Schultz gets steamed, which, you know, in the best pos- possible matchup, he probably will. And then Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk, I think are just simply too cheap in uh, a clear pass funnel. I don't think, um, you know, people acknowledge Tampa Bay as a pass funnel, but um, Jacksonville is actually a top three pass funnel by pass rate over expectation allowed. Purdy at 5,700. I mean, they just refuse to price this guy up. Ayuk also has a very strong schematic matchup, which we, we will talk a little bit more about later. Um, and then a final guy that I wanted to, to point out uh, really to, you know, ask you guys, Scott doesn't love him as a, as a tournament option, but I think in this week you could, you could justify it just because he's so cheap is Jerome Ford. Um, he's 5,300 Deshaun Watson, top 12 and check down rate. Baltimore's a top eight matchup for running backs through the air. Jerome Ford actually led all running backs with a 23% target share last week. He pretty clearly has this receiving, uh, role locked up in the Browns backfield. Uh, he could be a little interesting on a slate where I would imagine we don't have many, um, you know, super cheap running backs to go after at the same time though, you know, touchdown upside here probably isn't great. Uh, you know, Cleveland isn't implied for many points, so you could get away from it, but I do think he's interesting as a, as a salary saving option. You know, Watson's also very cheap on DraftKings. Probably I would either go, I think Purdy or even take a couple flyers on a couple quarterbacks, a little bit cheaper than Watson specifically against that Ravens defense in Baltimore. Seems like a, a pretty tough ask. Uh, but yeah, Ford, I mean, 20 rush attempts for 44 yards, not great. But when you get the receptions, adding a little bit of touchdown upside. And and Graham, before we get to Dallas, let's talk running backs in general because we have Christian McCaffrey right at the top. Jake said, right, pass funnel, not a run funnel against Jacksonville. Does that matter for a player of Christian McCaffrey's talent? Does it matter for massive upside in DFS? I think you can argue both ways about it. His touchdown, uh, what does he have, a touchdown in – 400 straight games, I believe. I think it's like 20 or something like that, but it's uh, it was minus 150 on Caesars. I already bet that, uh, so you can go get get that one. Uh, why wouldn't you want to bet Christian McCaffrey to get a touchdown? Because we, we lose Kamara. We have ETN in the same game, but that's against San Francisco, who has been giving it up a little bit more against the run than they used to. You have the, the ghost of Tony Pollard sitting here against the Giants, who ever, it looks great, but, I mean, do you want to do that? Or do you want to go and play maybe not the best running back? Like Rashad White's not a good running back, but he catches the ball and he gets a lot of yards. Jake mentioned Joe Mixon. I don't think he's very good. Maybe he's had a little bit more juice over the past couple of weeks. You've got Aaron Jones, who looks like he's back in command of that backfield against Pittsburgh. I mean, what else are they going to do against Pittsburgh? What's your preference, McCaffrey or try to go in his mid-tier? Oh, you're muted. I think you're on mute, I pulled I pulled the Barrett on the uh the Friday show. Uh, I would have hit. Hey, uh yeah, I, I like I like the mid-tier, man. I really do. Um uh, Jake laid a gr- great argument out for for mixing at 6200. Uh makes a ton of sense. I like Rashad White once again. I was caping up for White last week. Uh he ended up being at the, the stone cold nuts and game stacks at, at 5600. DraftKings has only priced him up 200 bucks this week. You can certainly make a case for him every single week just because his passing down role is so great. You know, he's third among all running backs in route share. He's got three or more receptions in, in six straight games at this point. Uh, so the floor is really strong with White, and he's still too cheap. Uh, the one guy I'm really interested in, though, is James Conner at 5,900. Uh, that total Falcons-Cardinals uh, is 42.5. And, and, uh, and on this slate, 42.5 looks kind of good. Uh, if Kyler's back, man um, – Connor could have some serious touchdown equity. Uh, Falcons lost Grady Jarrett, their run stuffing defensive tackle two weeks ago. I uh, like this run spot a little bit more. Uh, Falcons started the season playing pretty good run defense, no Grady Jarrett. 
nice boost. I, I think James Conner will probably go overlooked at 5,900. And yeah, I think every single week I make the case for Travis Etienne at, at 7,100. DraftKings just continually, perpetually puts him at like 7K. Uh, I'm going to keep playing him on DK. Uh, real quick on, on Dallas guys, Brett. Uh, Pollard is going to get some ownership, man. He's going to he's going to catch ownership. You know, Cowboys obviously humongous home favorites. If there's like been a spot for Pollard to have two touchdowns, it would be this game. A uh, huge implied team total. I will say, if you're still playing on FanDuel over there and they're kind of like limited contest selection, they've wisely priced Pollard up to like 7,800. Uh, so he is a you know vis-a-vis -vis DraftKings, he's a really strong value. Uh, over there. But yeah, I, I think Dallas is really tricky this week. I mean, we're obviously not expecting Giants to do much of anything offensively. Uh, I think Pollard with Dallas defense, once again, I feel like a broken record. I feel like I've said this for four weeks straight, but Pollard with Dallas defense makes sense. Um, you know, Dallas obviously is you know going to be uh, the highest priced defense, uh, the most popular, uh, highest projected defense and for all for good reason. Uh, that's the way I think I'd play uh, Pollard right now sitting on Tuesday night. A uh, big concern, obviously, Dak passing volume this week as a big home favorite. Uh, when you were asking, you know, looking into uh, some splits, I think the only thing that really like kind of matters in these big spread games is pass attempts typically go down a little bit for the bit for the team, for the quarterback on the team that's the big favorite. So if there's one thing we can hang our hat on, it's that probably. Uh, but we know the ball is going to CeeDee Lamb uh, when they do throw just massive first three target share the last two weeks. But I, I, and man, I think a lot of the date, a lot yeah. of the data on these huge favorites, I don't even know if you can relate it to this game because this this Giants DeVito yeah. led offense. I mean, this isn't even this isn't even real, right? With yeah, the lady well, on the plane, like it's not even real. This it, it doesn't exist. There's no passing game. I mean, sure there is, but it's so minute. Saquon, I mean, and the only way the Giants even remotely keep it close is Saquon has like a big game, and I don't know if he really has the juice anymore after a bunch of injuries to to do that it just it looks really ugly here here's my tony pollard not wanting to play him i see a, def a defensive touchdown you know a jake ferguson touchdown it could be another blowout Bra Absolutely. brandon cooks who was who a mike mccarthy what's the quote who another coach or player who doesn't care about fantasy football they're all coming out of the woodworks uh, you know, maybe one of them, Michael Gallup touchdown. No, this I is mean, gonna be a Martavis Bryant touchdown. Jake's yeah, he oh, comes no. back from the XFL to to score. A, I mean, it's just it's <laughs> it's crazy what could happen for Dallas. I expect Dallas to put up 28, 35 points relatively easily, but it could be you know, like you said, the passing that could throw for two hundred and seven yards. Now it could be with three or four touchdowns. And then Pollard could get his, but it's just limited work. This game should be over by halftime. And then you, you really got to hope for, you know, do they play how far into the third quarter? Uh, so I don't know. There's just a lot. It's really early in the week to try to read into all of that. But I don't know. I would expect if Dallas is up 28 to 7 halfway through the third quarter and it's just the Giants can't do anything, you're going to see the starters pulled out of this game for, for some of the tougher, you know, saving for some of the tougher matchups coming up out of Dallas. So a little tough on that one. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. You mentioned James Conner, Jake, and Kyler's coming in at what 5,900 this week. And it's against the Josh Dobbs off the streets. Just want bananas uh, against them. What is Kyler Murray going to do? You've got a Hollywood Brown is reasonably priced. You've got Trey McBride out there. Is this, I have a feeling by the time Sunday comes around and all the shows, all the content, everything out in the industry gets there. I think we're going to see some reasonable ownership on the Cardinals, not just James Conner, but the whole team. Yeah. I wrote down on the show notes. that I think McBride's probably the nuts again at, at 3,500. If we get Kyler Falcons have struggled to defend tight ends the last two years. And I think just McBride's good, man, small sample, but efficiency has been great for him. He's continued to earn targets on his routes. Obviously last week was a disaster with Clayton tune. Uh, I like this game. I also kind of like just full on like Connor with Cardinals D Cardinals D's 2,500. I think that makes some sense. If you just think, you know, Falcons kind of lay an egg, um, you know, Heineke, Gave them juice as expected. Uh, hopefully we get Drake London in this game. Uh, obviously it's early in the week. He did not seem close to playing. Uh, but if, if London's in this game, I'm going to like him for game stacks. Uh, Cardinals have just given up so much production to boundary receivers all year. Uh, but again, it's Tuesday. We, we don't know London status just yet. 
yeah, I think the and, I think the nice thing with these Arizona stacks is that they're just so cheap and the offense is so yeah. condensed. I mean, we know the ball's going to Marquise Brown. We know it's going to Trey McBride. Kyler double stacks are going to be some of the cheapest, highest projected double stacks we've seen all year, I would imagine. Yeah, and what, what about the uh, running back on the other side there? Bijan Robinson not getting red zone work. John Smith's getting, taking all of his fantasy points. <laughs> what are we doing with Bijan? Because from a touch perspective, the projections I think are, are certainly going to like him from a price perspective. He's going to fit into a lot of people's lineups. Are we throwing in the towel? Arthur Smith seems like a pretty stubborn coach where he's not going to change his ways regarding any amount of pressure from the outside world. And why should he, right? He's an NFL head coach and we're just nerds talking, talking on the computer about, about fantasy football. But like, what are, what are we doing with Bijan here? Jake, do you have a take on him against the Cardinals? I don't have a strong Bijan take. If he's, you know, if he's super popular, I, I probably will be down on him. I, I think one way to play this, if you, you know, if you believe the spread, if you think Atlanta wins this game, is to lean into a Scott Barrett favorite, Tyler Algier. Um, Algier is, I, I have some notes, not up right here, but he's at around like 60% of backfield usage when Atlanta's leading. I think he's also around 60% inside the 10. I mean, he could easily fall into the end zone twice. Um, he's a guy that, you know, when I'm making 150 sets, I'll, yeah, if Atlanta looks like they could win, I'll, I'll play a couple percent paired with the Atlanta defense. Um, just as a little mini stack there, uh, Graham. Yeah, I'm not sure if you have any any takes on Bijan or this Atlanta. Backfield, yeah, but man, it is it is gross. Yeah, there's no logic with Arthur Smith. It's only scheme, uh, no yeah. numbers, only scheme. Uh, how dare how dare us uh, question the genius of a John U. Smith end around uh, at the goal line? Um, I like the Algier call again. Uh, I think you know Cardinals obviously always give us touchdown equity. We've been chasing Cardinals for touchdowns all year. I think that makes some sense. It's just weird. It, I, it makes no sense to me why they don't use them inside the ten. Uh, but the the numbers are massive. I think Algier has ten or eleven carries inside the ten. Bijan has like two. Uh, it's it's wild. So that's that would be the the bear case against Bijan. The bull case is like he's awesome. Uh, Heineke's a quarterback upgrade, even though the box score didn't show it this past week. You know, uh, you know, Cardinals could absolutely keep this game tight. This could be a back and forth game. You know, Bijan getting, you know, five, six, seven targets at six K and having the explosive ability that he does. That's the that's the bull case for him. I'm probably with you though. Uh, I'll probably end up lower on him. Uh, I think he's going to end up being pretty chalky, especially in game stacks because Kyle, you know, Kyler's going to get cleared. People are going to want to play Kyler to, to all for all the reasons you outlined, Jake. Um, yeah, I think Bijan's going to end up being pretty popular. I think he's just 5,100. I think he's a reasonable stack. Yeah. Too, especially, I mean, That's I guess I want Drake London into this game. Yeah. yeah. Like that one. You want Heineke or ba Baker against Tennessee and the theoretical pass funnel they have. You didn't really show out too much against Pittsburgh, but I mean, that was the Steelers on, on Thursday. They don't really have much of a passing game to begin with. Uh, Baker with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, Rashad white against Tennessee. What would be your favorite quarterback of that 5,100 tier? If you have to pick one. Right now, I, in terms of projection, I think Baker projects better than all of them. Um, I think Heineke is probably the second best. He's like a hair on fire, Jameis Winston type of quarterback, mm -hmm. uh, except he's like actually capable of winning games. They should have won that game last week. It was just Josh Dobbs show. Um, I like Heineke and Mayfield pretty close, but I think Mayfield projects just a, a little better. Uh, and obviously he's really easy to stack. We've been, you know, we've been targeting Titans corners for three years for production. Uh, it's really easy to play Evans and Godwin this week. Uh, they're both reasonably priced too. And they're kind of like, there's a big shelf on DraftKings in terms of wide receiver pricing this week, a big 8K range, and then it just drops off. And Evans is kind of like the top of that shelf. Uh, I, I don't mind Mayfield uh, double stacks for sure. All right. Jake, any final DFS thoughts? Yeah, why not? Why not Will Levis in that range? Uh, yeah, in the, in the ultimate in pass funnel, um, you know, great matchup. I, uh, you know, he loves to chuck it deep. I, I, I think it may be worth a shot. Very easy to put him with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is getting the ball there. Levis him. and Hopkins stacks are are very live. And yeah, I'll Hopkins be very... is only Hopkins is only six K on DraftKings this week. Yeah. Like he's ridiculously underpriced. Yeah. Hopkins will, Hopkins will be popular, but I don't, I don't think people are going to want to play a ton of Levis. And I think no. that might be wrong. They're going to have to oh, drop right. back. I mean, Tampa Bay is the premier pass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk some of the tools here over at fantasy points. Uh, the coverage matrix, pretty amazing tool. You guys put together going over man, one high, single high, two high, 
zone. If you want to learn what defenses do what, what they're good at, you know, how much they run, you can match it up against the receivers to, to possibly find yourself some pretty good matchups. Uh, which one of you wants to take the lead? We can talk about some defenses we might want to target, coverages, certain players. Who wants to raise their hand? Um, well, we already talked about Jacksonville as being like kind of an underrated uh, pass funnel. They also run zone coverage at the league's fourth highest rate. Um, I, I believe you're on the offensive side. No, I got it. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, so Jacksonville runs a ton of zone. Brandon Ayuk has the second highest yards per hour run against zone and the fourth highest target share against zone coverage. I mean, this guy's going to get fed. 7,100, I think, is just ridiculously cheap for Ayuk. Playing out of his mind. Fantastic matchup. Um, also wanted to touch on the Bengals. Like I mentioned, Nico Collins having a great schematic matchup. They run a ton of single high. Nico Collins, second highest yards per hour run against single high behind only C.D. Lamb. Um, this is a great spot for him and this Houston passing attack. Another note that I had um, was that the Steelers run a ton of man coverage, a ton of single high. Jaden Reed actually leads the Packers in threat rate, which is just target share when a player is on the field uh, against man coverage. And he's right there tied for the team lead uh, against single high with Romeo Dubs. 24% uh, target share when on the field against single high. 35% target share when on the field against man coverage for Jaden Reed. Um, so yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers run a ton of that. I think this is an underrated spot for Jaden Reed, who hasn't gotten priced up in a game that Christian Watson could miss dealing with chest and a back injury, I believe. Yeah, so he had like a trifecta of injuries all yeah. on one single play. So <laughs> I never want to see that pop up on the injury report. Yeah, he's on the injury report for an entire body injury. Yeah, it's questionable. Uh, not, not not good for a player that seems to always be hurt, had that hamstring issue lingering. Uh, pretty much just a wasted season for Christian Watson at this point in time. Uh, Graham, what do you want to talk about? Offense, defense? What, what do you want to look at on this coverage matrix? Yeah, that was a great note uh, on Jaden Reed in that Steelers matchup. I just, man, I can't get there with love at this point. I had Jaden Reed over 25 and a half yards last week. Think of the same thing. Like, you know, Rams have been a slot funnel. Uh, they, they're really good on the outside. Uh, love is just not seeing the field well right now at this point. Um, the only real notes I have to add on to this, uh, we can split this out uh, if you if you would like to, to, to go down a little, uh, little path here. Right. Uh, go to more filters uh, in the yeah right there and then go to split at the top right corner. Yep. Hit week. Go down to game and hit week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most. 
when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yep. All right, so then go into the uh, search column and just type in, we'll talk uh, Bears Panthers here in a second. Uh, Bears have been running a lot more. Um, and then, sorry, Britt, one more time, but press apply. You're going to have to, yeah, there you go. And then I'll run it, split it by week. So I was going to just note for the for Thursday night game, if you're trying to get some action down, the Bears opened the season uh, running a ton of zone coverage. Um, they were up over 85%, as we can see, weeks one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, weeks one through five, up over 85% zone coverage. When I was looking at the game for Thursday night, it was interesting to see the Bears are starting to run a little more man. They, they kind of dipped back down to zone last week against the Saints, against Derek Carr. Uh, but if they run a little more man, that does give some of these receivers, especially Adam Thielen, a little more juice for Thursday night. Uh, so if you're playing showdown, uh, I think Bear, you know Bears playing a little more man definitely helps Bryce Young. Bryce Young is dead last in fantasy points per drop back against zone coverages. So you know Bears have been really sharp defensively in terms of mixing and maxing, maxing their coverages based on opponents. So uh, we'll see if they scale it back down and just run a ton of zone against Young. Uh, but that's one angle I'm looking at into the Thursday night game. Yeah, just uh, so much you can do. I didn't even know you could split out and do all this uh, other fun stuff here, plays. The split by sport. week the split oh, by yeah. week function, Britt, has saved me literal hour, like hundreds of hours this this season. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm just... like a power user, obviously, but it's, it's incredible. No, yeah, it's, yeah, great. it's crazy the amount of... Uh, stuff you can look into and i saw someone in youtube uh they're looking for some tutorials on the fantasy point site on how to use this uh let's get those up for the people not yeah. just the basics but we need some advanced stuff uh on what's going on here yeah appreciate you jacob um we have plans for that so we have our developers like working on an embed tool basically and we'll have like tutorials where you can basically just like click on the video uh we'll also have like uh basically like set filters in the future where it's like yeah, uh, this is the set filter that Jake Tribby goes to every single time in Bell Cow Report, or uh, the the set feature that Graham's looking at in Coverage Matrix. Uh, we're we're trying to find different ways to make this as user friendly as possible. We we also realize, I mean, this is is so much data and there's so much to look at. Uh, but yeah, we're we're trying to make it as as simple as possible for everybody. Yeah, you could just watch the show for the whole season. You'll have a yeah, good idea. Uh, I'm guessing the rest of the way we're going to be Seriously. in the Coverage Matrix uh, pretty much every week. So uh, yeah, just wanted to go over. Uh, a couple of thoughts from the guys using the tools over at Fantasy Points. Uh, amazing little tool they have here. Basically, the most in-depth thing you can get your hands on as a fantasy sports consumer trying to do whatever it is in DFS, sports betting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, all right, with the tool talk over, uh, let's get into some sports bets. Sometimes I have two. Sometimes I have three. Today I got four because uh, I had to add one for the, the Thursday night slate. So uh, I guess I'll give my biggest, uh, this is personally one of my biggest bets I've ever made. Uh, I'll bring it up on scores and odds real quick for the people. Uh, it's going to be the Colts money line. I do not understand. This is basically my stand from the beginning of the show. Why with them going up against New England, and I know there's some talk that what this is Bill Belichick's could be his final game if this doesn't come through for him. They could just leave him over in Germany and say, uh, Guten Tag, whatever, to, to Bill Belichick. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's an actual German word. I think I've heard it once or twice. But they might leave him leave him over there in Germany. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Just the Colts offense. I was on them last week. They're just they're a good unit. They're seventh in the league in points per play. The Patriots are second to last behind only like the Giants. Like the, the Patriots are a literal, literally horrible offense. You had Robert Kraft up in the suite. I forgot who he was talking to, but the, they did the lip reading. And the, the the guy he's talking to is just like, we're just not good enough. Like they they know they're not a good football team. And you have this Colts with Gardner Minshew playing well. You have Jonathan Taylor back to J the Jonathan Taylor, uh, who, who's a world beater, getting most of the work now. You've got some receiving options that are playing good. This is an offense that is really good. I know the Patriots have a, a somewhat okay defense. But they're not really that great anymore. They've suffered too many injuries. They're basically on par with the Colts with a lot of the things I look at. I think the Colts should be a much bigger favorite. I think it's a one or two point spread. I took the money line at 127 when it opened. People are betting against me. Uh, not a good idea when I do these early week lines. I'm doing very well on the show. 
Uh, biggest bet I think I've ever made is currently resting on the Colts for me personally. So this is yeah. my big one of the week. Anyone have any takes on this? No, I love that play. I, and I, I've been, we've been fading Patriots on the show all year. Uh, Colts are starting to blitz a lot more. Uh, and Mac Jones is like the most pressure sensitive. Well, besides maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, he's one of the most pressure sensitive quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, so if Colts get home on some of these blitzes and I, they will, uh, they've been getting home at, uh, looks like what top 10 rate. Yep. Uh, 12th rate pressure rate in terms of uh, on blitzes. Yeah. I, I love that play. And, you know, Shane Steichen's really sharp, man, like really, really sharp Colts have outperformed their implied point total. I think every week this season, except for one, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, they've been really, really good beating the markets every single week. Uh, we, you know, Britt, you've been on it. Uh, I love that play. Those games in, in Europe have just <laughs> consistently produced awful football though. Like that's the one downside uh, to this game, but yeah, I, I think Colts are, are sharp once again. Colts have been sharp, I think, every single week this season, except for a few. Yeah, I generally stay away from those games, but this one is too good for me to pass up on. Uh, Graham, what are you looking at? You've been talking, throw a couple of bets at me. Yeah, yeah, I only have one right now early in the week, uh, but the total I was talking about early in uh, early in the show, I'm, I'm betting over 38 Titans, uh, Titans bucks. Just makes no sense. Uh, it's it's a few different reasons. Obviously, Will Levis is is looking pretty good. He struggled under pressure, small sample, but most rookie quarterbacks do. But when he's given a clean pocket, he's been great. Uh, bucks have been really up and down in terms of their pressure rate this season. And they've been awful against the pass. Obviously, they got you know just absolutely roasted by C.J. Stroud, but they've given up 250 or more passing yards to six of eight quarterbacks. The only two quarterbacks that have not gotten there against them uh, were Justin Fields in like a, a meltdown game. Uh, and then I think they had two quarterbacks. I'm kind of blanking on uh, the, I think it was the Cousins game, maybe. Yeah. Six of eight have gone over 250. Uh, this game, the, the, both defenses have been really bad. Uh, two Titans have given up a score uh, on a, a top eight rate in terms of opponent possessions. Uh, Bucks obviously, you know, regressed badly last week. Uh, I think this game has really sneaky shootout appeal. And again, if you think Levis is is good, and I, I think he might be, the Titans are going to keep passing a little bit more. They're going to bump up their pace a little bit more. Um, you know, Vrabel already came out and said on Tuesday, like he's our guy for the rest of the season. And, and why wouldn't he be? Um, you know, Mayfield's had plenty of you know kind of like blow up games, but uh, there's like you know obviously pick six appeal with Mayfield too in this game. I, I think 38 is a really really low total. I, when I was going through my pace model, uh, looks at pace, looks at plays, looks at pass rate. Uh, I Based on the this this in terms of matchup rating, like this game should be like forty one at least. So I, I really like the over on this game, and I haven't really bet many game total overs at all this year. Uh, this is one that's that really sticks out like a sore thumb this week. Yeah, I'm following you into that bet uh, currently, as Jake gives us a couple of the bets that he's looking at this week. Yeah, that's that's actually one that I like too. Um, wanted to highlight both of these teams are, are major pass funnels. I believe Tampa Bay is the the league's biggest pass funnel after uh, Philadelphia. Um, Tennessee offense has looked a lot more competent with Levis under center. Another thing about Tampa Bay is that they're actually fifth in pass rate when trailing by seven or more. So if Tampa Bay gets out to an early lead, Tampa Bay is going to have to sling the rock here. Um, really like that call, Graham. And then uh, the other bet that I had was Arizona plus two. I believe there's only one plus two on the board over at points bet can get minus 110 there uh kyler murray getting two points at home against taylor heineke i mean i know you know atlanta overall is the better team here but um i think you know we're underestimating a little bit how much kyler murray is worth relative to joshua dobbs clayton tune um yeah i i think this probably closest uh, closer to a pick em. uh really like arizona plus two here Early in the week, it looks like a lot of the money is coming in. Um, basically, everything is a landslide for Arizona. Yeah. So that, yeah, that two hammered. is going to disappear pretty yeah. quickly, I think, and go to plus one or a pick them by the end of the week. Uh, a couple other bets I'm on. I write all these up on scores and odds, pretty much the ones I put up on the show here. Uh, so we're on uh, Washington plus six and a half. The, uh, I don't know. The, are the Seahawks even like a good team anymore? Geno Smith is not. He's not Geno Smith from last year. They upgraded his weaponry, right? They have Jack, Zach Charbonnet. They got JSN, and he's regressed in terms of his ability to put up points on the football field. Uh, and I, I think the commanders, they're playing the NFL how you should play the NFL. You should pass, and then you should pass again, and then you should pass again, and that's what they're doing. And they, I think they have some reasonable weapons. Sam Howell's okay. 
Terry McLaurin, Dotson, Logan Thomas. There's a couple other guys out there too. Samuel, they spread the ball around. It's pretty hard to predict where the ball is going. I just think the commanders are sneaky enough. They've had, they laid an egg against the Giants, right? They got blown out in a couple of games, but they played the Eagles close. They just beat the Patriots in New England. Uh, and I, I don't think we're going to get a seven. So I'm taking the six and a half now. Um, I think that's probably going to be the best line. I think people might bet the Seahawks even on this one, hoping that they have a bounce back victory after getting annihilated by the Ravens. But I'm not convinced the Seahawks are very good. I think the commanders uh, aren't getting as much credit as they should by the sports books. So the commanders plus six and a half. Uh, I've got a teaser. I always like the long teasers when you can get those crossing the three and the seven. Uh, we're taking the Chargers and the Raiders. I like the Chargers. Even on a short week against the Lions, who are off a bye, I don't know if the Lions are as good. They, they've played three good teams. They've lost two, and they beat the Chiefs by one. So I, I don't really – like the Lions, they, they look pretty good, right? But they've been doing it against a lot of bad teams. They play good teams. I think the Chargers are a reasonably good team. Getting them over a touchdown, uh, you might even be able to get that to eight now instead of uh, seven and a half because I think the Chargers are up to plus two. And then the Raiders plus seven and a half. Like literally, how does Zach Wilson and the New York, how do they even score seven and a half points, right? Uh, if they shut out the Raiders to get there, let alone the Raiders actually scoring points on an NFL field uh, at home. The Jets on a short week traveling across the country seems pretty horrible for them to, to be able to even really pull out a victory or keep this game close against the Raiders. I know the Raiders have their own offensive problems, but uh, I'm just going to short Zach Wilson. As much as I can, this is a six-point teaser crossing the three and the seven on both of them. I always like to be able to do that. And a final prop for you is going to be Chuba Hubbard. Uh, FanDuel has this at 41.5. Every other site is up to 44 or 45. And I know the Bears have – they're the, basically the toughest run defense in the league. But 41.5 is a very, very, very low bar to clear for a running back who's at worst going to get a 50-50 split and at best get a 75-25 split over Miles Sanders, who again shot himself in the foot a little bit last week. I think he dropped a, a pass or two. Um, he, he ran a little bit better, but Hubbard's been better all season long, and 41 and a half is just too low. He had 58 last week. Uh, I, I don't know. I think 41 and a half is just way too low for a guy who can get 13, 14, 15 carries in this game against the Bears, and I know the Bears have that tough run defense. Uh, but this line's just a little bit too low. So I like Chuba over 41 and a half. Those are my four bets. Uh, all right, let's get to some fantasy pick them. We'll get out of here uh, just a little bit after that. Uh, Jake, why don't you give me a couple of plays you're looking at? It looks like you've got an underdog. What is this? Uh, a four pick lined up for us? Yeah, yeah, gotta gotta pick four here. Um, first one's Purdy over two hundred and forty-five and a half passing yards. Obviously, Jacksonville top three pass funnel. I was looking for Ayuk lines. I don't think they had anything listed when I checked earlier. Some on Price Picks. Yeah, would would certainly look to bet Ayuk overs, assuming they're they're reasonable and you know just the ultimate pass funnel. Um, of course, you know really like Houston. Really think Houston's going to continue to throw the ball. Got to go with Stroud over two hundred and forty-six and a half. Passing yards, get a little correlation there with Nico Collins, over 60 and a half receiving yards. Again, strong schematic matchup for Nico Collins. Another pass funnel that they're facing in Cincinnati. So pass volume should stay high here. And then I just can't quit. Chris Olave, over <laughs> 62 and a half. He's killed me for like three weeks in a row, but he's still second in air yards, first in targets of 20 plus yards. I mean, 62 and a half is just too low. I will not rest until Olave's prop is in the high 60s. I keep betting is over. What's the what would you put the line on that you're willing to bet the over on Brandon Ayuk with Debo Samuel there? 63 and a half. 63 and 66 and a half on price picks. All right. Yeah. It's close. That's not what do you think on that one, Jake? I was I was gonna say 70, so I'm 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 oh. certainly uh in the uh in the over category. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, this is it's just I'm, a great schematic matchup, so gotta love Ayuk. Yeah, a couple I'm on. Uh, I got uh, I'm over on Prize Picks. I got a pick four. Uh, I've got Jonathan Taylor to get a touchdown. I like the Colts. Uh, if I like the Colts, I might as well take Jonathan Taylor to get a touchdown. Seems so pretty reasonable. So uh, I think he's around minus 120 on the sports books. Uh, adding him in over on Prize Books, uh, you're not really losing anything uh, against the sports books on that one. Uh, you've got Evans, Mike Evans. Uh, over 60 and a half. DeAndre Hopkins over 62 and a half. Let's just get that game stack rolling. Does that, that sound good to everybody? 
Yes, sir. We'll hit Let's the we'll hit the over. We'll we'll get the fantasy pick him going on that one. You can get that on Price Picks. And the next one is Dalton Kincaid. Uh, he's a 45 and a half, which I think they're finally starting to adjust a little bit to his new role here. But the Denver's allowed the most yardage, two tight ends in the league. Why do you not want Dalton Kincaid in his new role of Dawson Knox out? Just a, an absolute target monster. Maybe they don't have to pass the entire game, but Denver's been pretty stingy. Russell Wilson's playing okay. Uh, actually, not just okay. Actually playing pretty good. Uh, so if you need some some yardage, why not go to Kincaid 45 and a half? I think is a little bit too low, so that's a little pick four for me. Graham, you got any props you were looking at uh, to start the week? Yeah, I, I still am. I'm out here in Colorado, so I'm can't even see the the lobbies on these pick'em side. I can't even get in on the action. They just block you straight up. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You can't even look at the markets. I I you know I use scores and odds and a few other aggregators. They do have price pick lines in there, but yeah, I can't see them for the games that uh that aren't posted yet. Uh, I do. God, I will be on Purdy overs at uh, at two forty five and a half. If the book, if that's the number the books come out with, that's a that's a really low number for that game. Yeah, pretty looking at price picks 241 and a half over on price picks. Wow. Pair him with with Ayuk. Yeah, I love that. I mean, Purdy's been Sounds. let's see, 365, 272. They played the Browns in that wet weather game, 125, but then 252, 283, 310. I mean, like that's that's an insanely low number. Yeah. With the with the bye week, all concussion concerns, I think, are probably out oh, the yeah. window for, for Brock oh, yeah. Purdy. And he's got, with Debo back, back to full strength. He's got that, his guys. Little, yeah. yeah, it does look a little bit too I big mean, big the, big the big two big. picks he had against the Bengals were horrific. But, I mean, the other 29 throws, I mean, he was awesome. I mean, so, you know, again, I, I always hate, like, doing that kind of analysis. But, you know, I, Purdy, to me, and I think a couple of bad throws, you take them away, he's been really good um, still. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for the Week 10 edition of the Prime Points Show. Go check out FantasyPoints.com. Check out the data tool. Uh, lots of stuff going on over there. Literally, the data tool is the only thing. Uh, I've gotten rid of everything else. I don't need anything else other than the data tool now to, to do Love pretty it. much all of my research. Uh, a great thing you guys have provided for the fantasy community. Uh, really appreciate that. If you want any more sports bets, not just from me, but from the whole team at Scores and Odds, you can go check out Scores and Odds. Uh, hopefully the DFS talk we did gets you thinking a little bit as the week progresses. There's going to be a, a lot of content coming out here on Roto Grinders as the week progresses. They'll have ownership projections, everything else. Make sure to check all of that fun stuff. But other than that, hope everyone has a good week. For Jake and Graham, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we out you.